You are listening to the Effective Statistician Podcast, the weekly podcast with Alexander Schacht and Benjamin Pieske, designed to help you reach your potential, lead great science and serve patients without becoming overwhelmed by work. Today we have the third episode about data visualization and we speak about why and how to declutter and simplify your data visualization. If you're following this podcast for quite some time, you'll have noticed that we currently have an emphasis on visualization. This is a really, really hot topic. And through lots of trainings and lots of discussions with many statisticians, I've realized that this is a topic that is so important and yet so many statisticians have no clue about it or just a very very superficial understanding and to be honest a couple of years it was completely the same for me but through working together with great visualization experts like Sex Krivenek for example where I basically have an episode recorded about two years ago but which is still awesome so just go back to one of the first episodes um, with Sex Krivenek about how data viz can tell much more than 1000 tables. Go back and listen to that as well if you haven't listened to that. Like this one, I hope you like this content and if you like it, I have just one ask for you. Could you just write an email or tell your colleagues about it? So It would mean so much for me. And if they like it as well, you will have done them a great favor. And that just builds a lot of good relationships. So keep, you know, telling your colleagues about this podcast. That would be highly appreciated. You can listen to this podcast via your smartphone apps, via Spotify and via YouTube. So that makes it also very, very easy to listen. This podcast is produced in association with PSI, and we are a community dedicated to leading and promoting the use of statistics within the healthcare industry. And we are not doing that for anything. We are doing that for the benefit of patients. Join PSI today to further develop your statistical capabilities with access to the video-on-demand content library free registration to all PSI webinars and much, much more. Visit the PSI website at psiweb.org to learn more about PSI activities, including the visualization webinars, and become a PSI member today. So today we will talk about how you can make your data visualization more impactful. And one of the ways that you can do that is to declutter your data visualization. Now, what is clutter actually? Clutter is everything in your visualization that is distracting, that is not helpful. And of course, that depends on the circumstances. So as... I've talked about in the episode one of this series so two weeks ago, 
in some circumstances maybe you need a lot of annotations and a lot of legends and a lot of footnotes and and things like that and in others like if you're presenting that on a big screen in a conference type of setting then you don't need this so it depends what is clutter and what's not clutter so the other thing is very often you see these clutter coming up just by using the default options of certain software tools like for example an excel you'll see you know certain grid lines coming up or certain you know legends being there and these things are there by default and people then don't think about it whether that is something that they actually want to have or something that is more of a distraction so for that reason it's also really helpful to start with something that is a, not a software when you develop your data visualization but you know just pen and paper because that way you intentionally takes these things that are really important and then if you open your software and you get kind of all these standard layouts you see oh these are things that are just added by the software as kind of default settings and I don't really need them because everything that is there that doesn't help and doesn't have intention to get you to the goal where you want to be all that takes up mental space And like in a table where you don't want to have a lot of lines because, you know, just the numbers themselves make up the columns and the rows very, very nicely if they're nicely aligned. In the same way in a table, in a graph, you want to avoid too much space, too much distractions there. So think about that from a design point of view. You want to have something that is simple, that is minimalistic. So a good design is not where you can't add anything anymore. A good design is where you cannot take anything away without having limitations in terms of what you want to achieve. So think about Apple products. Yeah, They are designed with this sort in mindset. They need to be simple, they need to be beautiful, and they need to be effective in reaching the goal for how they are designed for. So you need to have a clear goal, a clear purpose, and then everything that is not helping you to achieve this goal is clutter. And of course, that is different for explanatory and exploratory visualizations. So in an explanatory visualization, so where you have a very, very clear goal and a very clear story you want to tell, it's much easier to identify clutter. Whereas in an exploratory goal where you, you know, have an interactive visualization and there's lots of different settings you can have and there's lots of different views you can have on your data and you can't test each and every view that's just impossible because it's an infinite amount of settings you can have then of course you probably have more clutter in there but that's okay because you want to just understand the data and you want to you know it's it's okay to have a little bit of an unclean 
view in there and that's not everything is perfect in terms of the design aspects but then at least it's fast and you can very easily get a first sense based on that if you then have your story then you get into the fine-tuning and where you look into that everything is clearly delineated so clutter One of the first things to think about is uh, misalignments. Some people kind of center everything. See header and the legends and see the footnotes and whatsoever. And everything is kind of centered. And that makes the graph look rather cluttered because there are too many visual lines. And visual lines, I mean like... If you have these edges of all these different elements like footnotes and legends and other parts of your graph, these edges are not aligned. That means that there's visual clutter. It's the same as if you look into a table and all these numbers are centered. doesn't look as good if, if these numbers are all left or right aligned or usually right aligned if you all the numbers have two decimals then it looks very very clean because all the uh, decimals right need be below each other and it's very very easy to read it it's the same way for a graph another point to look for is long categories if you for example have uh, multiple bars uh, vertical bars next to each other and they have these long categories then lots of standard software puts them diagonal below these uh, graphs. And that is very, very difficult to read. And one way to avoid that is to use a horizontal bar chart instead of a vertical bar chart. Because then next to these horizontal lines, you can have very, very long descriptions. And that's a nice way to avoid these diagonals. The next thing to have a look into is the legend. Do you actually need one? Or can you move the text into the description? So, for example, think about you have a, a pie chart and you have a legend next to it. Well, you could move the descriptions of the different pieces of the pie into these pieces and then you don't need the legend anymore and it looks much cleaner and also much easier to understand what is actually this piece of the pie and what is that piece of the pie. You directly see it. Another area to look into are grid lines. Do you need grid lines? Do you need that many grid lines? Do you need, you know, something that is specifically highlighted? Is there a grid line that you serves as kind of a cut point yeah some kind of this is a response criteria or this is you know what usually delineates good quality of life from not good quality of life or normal quality of life things like that then of course some of these grid lines may make sense but very often you can just ignore them and take them out as visual clutter The same is with tick marks. Tick marks are very, very often included in default settings, but usually you don't need them. Another way to look at it is, can you have these super categories? 
So for example, you have show months over the years and you could have then instead of having year 2020 named for each of the different months, you can have it as a super category across all the months from January to December for the different years. Another way to look for in terms of clutter is color. Some visualizations look much more like a rainbow chart than something where color is used intentionally. So use clutter very, very sparingly and use it to point the audience to a specific part. So mostly you shouldn't use more than three or four different colors, very often even less. And think about what are the elements that you may can gray out to put them into the background. And what are the elements that you really want to focus the attention on? So maybe you look into lots of lots of different treatments. And what you only want to focus on is maybe the treatment that is important because it's your treatment. And you want to just show how your treatment compares to the summary of all the other treatments out there. Then just hide that one treatment and gray out everything else. Then you clearly say, okay, this is our treatment and this is how it compares against the competitive landscape. Maybe you can highlight, you know, if your treatment is the best, you can maybe highlight what is the second best and, and you know, mark that as well. But you probably then don't need to explain what these other 15 lines are. Fonts is another area. Use these sparingly. Not every legend and every title and footnote needs a different font. Also, things like bold and italic fonts. Use them sparingly. Do you need all these annotations in these graphics? Maybe you just need to annotate a specific bar, or maybe you need to annotate just, you know, a specific other part of this graphic, but not everything. And also, in terms of these annotations, do you need all the decimal places there, or can you round up to some numbers that is much more? catchier and doesn't have so much decimals. Another area to look into is footers and headers. How many headers, subheaders and sub-subheaders and how much text do you really need in these footnotes? Especially if things are presented on a big screen and says 100 words in the footer, well, nobody will ever read that. So, is it really necessary that you have all the file names, source names, program names, validation status, and everything in these annotations? Maybe it's good to just put them in there so you can uh, have that there for um, QC purposes. But when it comes to finalizing the slide, hide it. Put some element over it so that it's uh, blacked out or grayed out or wiped out. Um, if people then later want to see it, they can remove that element in the PowerPoint slide again 
and uh, therefore you have all the information there, it's just not shown. Or you just put that into a slide that you hide away, or you put it into notes of the PowerPoint presentation. There's a couple of ways you can annotate it in such a way that it is there for you to, for QCing purposes, but it's not visible for the audience. The next thing you should spend some time on is learning about Gestalt principles. So it's a really, really nice thing from a design perspective to know what these are. And I'm going into six of these for this podcast episode. The first is proximity. Put the description for treatments, for example, directly next to these lines that you have in your line graph, not in a legend. That will make it much easier to understand it. Because what is close to each other, we perceive belongs to each other. So if you have treatment A, put that next to the line that is responsible for treatment A or next to the bar or whatever. Similarity is another gestalt principle. So reuse the colors that you have for the lines, also for the font of the treatment description. So treatment A makes this treatment A these, these letters in red in the same way as you highlight the line in red. And that way you directly grasp that these things belong together. Enclosure is another Uh, of these gestalt principles. So, for example, you can put a box or a great background area around the most important areas that you want to highlight. So, let's say you have a line graph where you have first the randomized period and then you have an open label follow-up period. You can put a box around this randomized period or you can you know, put the background of this period in a gray area um, so that it stands out. And that's also a nice way to put things together. So everything that is, so to say, comes in a box belongs together. Continuity is the next gestalt principle. For example, if you have horizontal bars and they start at the same starting point, you don't need to connect them with a line. Because just because they have already the same starting point and you visually put them aligned below each other, then our eye already sees that there is a common baseline. So that way you can avoid this line and you can take it out without having a negative influence on the goals that you want to achieve. Connection is the next Gestalt principle. If you connect things to each other, That means they belong to each other. The most classical example for that is a line chart where you have different dots of observations over time and you connect them together and that way they appear as if they belong together and they belong together. So that's another way you can uh, think about how you can connect things so that they belong together. Another Gestalt principle is closure. Closure is kind of the opposite of enclosure, so to say, because very often you can take away 
boxes that are there because by design you already see that things belong together. So let's say you have any type of graph with a, a horizontal axis and a vertical axis and very often by design people put a big black box around it. You can take away that box because just this graph alone brings everything together and naturally you see that everything that is you know around this horizontal and vertical axis belongs together. So you don't need this box around this graph. And still it's very, very often shown and it's distracting and it's also visual clutter. So these are a couple of Gestalt principles to look into. You will probably find in most of the visualization books, you will find something about Gestalt principles. And for example, go to the book by Cole Nussbaumer Nafleck, Storytelling with Delta, uh, Data, that has a couple of these examples in it. But also other books like the Tarma Munzner book that I mentioned uh, on the in the references of the first series, uh, first episode of this series of visualization that also has these Gestalt principles in there. So I hope you got them just through the podcast. Of course, there's a specific challenge with speaking about visualization if you have a podcast, but I hope you still could visualize them at least in your head. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this third episode about visualization. Don't worry, we'll also speak about other things. <laughs> so uh, we'll take a break from this series and for the next episodes and uh, come back to this later. This show was created in association with PSI and I'm especially thankful for Rain who helps with the show in the background. And thank you for listening. Just go to theeffectivestatistician.com where you will find the references, show notes and where you can review what I talked about in this podcast. And you can also find much more content to boost your career as a statistician in the health sector. And just as I mentioned it in the beginning, could you please tell your colleagues about that podcast? It would be really, really awesome. So, like always, reach your potential, lead great science and serve patients. Just be an effective statistician.